Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? Back here on a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions football as we always do and coming off a uh, disappointing game against the division rival Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk all about that, but uh, yeah, just uh, moments before me and Grifka got on to record here, uh, I took my uh, script basically and did this, crumpled it up because Grifka, I usually introduce you, usually give some uh, funny gimmick line that we all laugh at, but uh, you can still do that. But we got a lot to talk about right off the top here, buddy. Uh, Grifka, how are you, sir? I'm doing bad. I'm doing good. I mean, I guess I could be better, but... (laughs) I'm doing bad. Uh, After what transpired this week with the Lions, yep, pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, we, uh, so we got to dive right into it, man. So, you know, I'm sitting at work and kind of, you know, late in the day, you know, I get a little uh, message pops up. Carry on Johnson to IR, had to do a double take on it because, yeah, I know the guy was hurt, but didn't look like some big issue, big catastrophic thing, you know, you never know how these things go, but I was just like, does that really say IR? Because I know that means eight plus weeks uh, being out uh, pretty much the season at this point. So what was your thoughts when you heard that? Uh, I think it's a big time blow. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, was it he can come back? What for? I think the earliest he can come back is the Denver game. I remember reading that as well. Um, it really puts a damper on the running game. I know McKissick's been doing, you know, pretty good in his role and Ty Johnson he's kind of like um taking a little step behind McKissick when they traded for him seems like McKissick's got you know more of the carries I mean they're obviously going to sign a running back I just don't know who but uh I don't seem like you know there were points where carrying on would show flashes and you know there's times it's just like he seemed like he, was, he couldn't get going either too many defenders in the box or just not enough holes in the offensive line but I don't know. It's just uh, it's very disheartening to see that, you know, for the second year in a row, he's going to be missing major time for the Lions. Yeah, I'm there with you, man. I, I think, um, you know, McKissick has done OK in his kind of gimmicky role they put him in. But, uh, you know, Ty Johnson, I mean, I guess I got to say this. Step your, ga- step your, ga- step your game up. Uh, step it up big because, I mean, he had been like non-existent until this last game. They, you know, were forced to somewhat use him. Uh, I still think he has some juice in regards to speed, but I mean, I, I, I don't know how we reacted at the time because, you know, we we're all keyed up on carry on, but like, to me, the getting rid of Theo other than saving the money was a head scratcher and then just dumping Zach center. Like he was a worthless piece of crap was like, I mean, he's done pretty good in his role here, you know, played all three phases. So, like, when they even when they did those, 
you know, and carry on was up. I'm thinking what happens if anything goes wrong? Like we have a rookie back there who's maybe made one play his whole life. We've got, you know, JD McKissick, who's a gimmick, you know, receiving type player, you know, but not anywhere near, you know, having a track record in the NFL. And then a bunch of these people on the scrap heap that they bring in for a half cup of coffee and, you know, send back out the door. You know, I, I, I don't know what Bob Quinn's, you know, thoughts are, what he's trying to accomplish, not only at the running back position, but at other spots. But I mean, you know, I've been in his corner, but I'm sitting here going, okay, like I, you know, now you're to the test at running back because carry on's gone. I mean, maybe they'll feature Ty and maybe he, you know, ends up being good as you said he would be. Uh, but you definitely can't pin your hopes. And when you look around the NFL, I mean, Gosh, you got to be the worst, you know, running back uh, room. And tell me you haven't heard that before. You know, we've always been at the bottom. My boy, carry on. This is two, almost two years now where he hasn't got to a midseason point. That's a black mark on his uh, resume and, uh, you know, living up to that whole injury prone moniker that he gets. Um, I still think the guy has great talent. I think he's fast, physical, you know, has everything you want in a running back. But I also think the Lions preach, you know, wanting to be real, you know, top end run game, smash mouth, uh, run it, throw it type of team. And I'm starting to get to the point where even if carry on's full go, you got to pair him up with somebody. So before we get to the other big news of the day, Grifka, we haven't really talked about this on the show. I think I've hinted at it. I've, I've shot a few tweets out here and there about it. I wanted a while back to write an article on Lions Wire about it, but it's just a time issue. Grifka, Melvin Gordon, like, before you respond, to me, I am usually would, would be the guy who's telling you running backs, you know, are devalued in the NFL. You don't pay them. You pay other positions, this, that, and the other. I've had people on Twitter attack me saying this guy is like not uh, a blue chip top type player. Look at his stats. Look at this, that, and the other. I look at this guy in a jersey. He's he's an absolute physical specimen. He's still young. He's been good ever since, you know, high school, college, whatever. Um, he's had productive years in the NFL. To me, you know, I, I go and see what the price tag is because you could bring him in and pair him with a carry on and finally get the type of running game and the type of, you know, uh, physical mentality you want with those two guys. I don't think you could do it with one of them. Uh, I think you could do it with two and it kind of comes down to would he sign here for a decent amount. So I know I kind of gave my answer before you answered, but that's my quick take on him is that, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but that's really the only thing that kind of makes sense to me. If you're going to go get a running back, not some of these other options you hear about. Yeah, obviously, uh, Melvin Gordon's not happy in San Diego, and uh, you're right. I mean, that's something that uh, they might want to look into. Once again, I'm not for sure how uh, Bob Quinn feels about that, but that's somebody I would look at. Um, I like Melvin Gordon. I liked him at the University of Wisconsin. He was a big, powerful back there. I mean, obviously, in the Big Ten, you face a lot of those big defenses, big, you know, tough, rough defenses, so he could definitely be the, uh, you know, the thunder you know, part of that part of the running game right there. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, he went to Wisconsin, so he's obviously used to the Midwest. You always hear a lot of those guys like, oh, they don't want to play in cold weather. And I mean, obviously Detroit's an indoor stadium, but still having to go out to Green Bay and Chicago. So he's used to that. So that might not phase him. 
I mean, it's something I would look at. I mean, especially um, as long as the price tag isn't too high. And it might be one of those things, though, you know, once again, San Diego doesn't necessarily need to trade him. They'll just let him sit and rot if he wants to. So um, I wouldn't overpay for him, though, just to go and do that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about him or just the situation in general, but I'll go ahead and pose this next part. So, again, finishing the workday, another blip on my phone, as, as Griffco call it, a ping. A ping on my phone comes across, and it's a uh, a message that states, Quandre digs to the Seattle Seahawks for a fifth-round pick. Griffco, you better give your two cents, because I, I got a little bit to say about this. Um, I... I, I really don't know what to say. I know the the ping, as you said, didn't come through. Actually, my buddy texted me. Another one of my friends who's a Lions fan texted like a little group of us and just, you know, you know, had that come through. And, and I thought to myself, isn't he like a team captain? You know, that's kind of – and I realize the coaches don't vote for the team captains. I know a lot of teams – well, maybe the Lions do, but I know a lot of teams – the players end up voting for the captains. And I thought, didn't they just like sign him? You know, was it to like a little bit of an extension and he's team captain. And, and this was all kind of running through my head. And I'm just like, maybe he, I guess for lack of a better, lack of a better term, I guess he made somebody mad, you know, a higher up. Maybe he wasn't happy with the way of what was going on. I, I just can't see just getting rid of a team captain for, a fifth rounder and plus you're giving up a seventh rounder as well, you know, in the 2021 draft. So that's one of those things like you're like pretty much begging. It sounds like you're almost begging a team to like, here, please take him. Oh, oh what you want a seventh round pick you? Oh, okay. Yeah, good. No problem. You know, fifth, that's a late round pick for a guy that you as a team captain is actually, I thought he, I thought he's done pretty good in the defensive backfield for the lions. Um, as a whole, as he's, since he's been here, I know some people I'm reading that they obviously don't follow because like he's garbage, no big deal. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, obviously you don't watch enough of the games, but uh, I, I'm I'm literally confused by this one. Like, like I know everybody's like, oh, this same thing they did last year with Golden Tate, and I was more angry with the Golden Tate one because it seemed like they didn't have any have any you know wide receivers beyond that. But and I know the defensive backfield for the Lions. You know, it's been a little stacked at safety, but still, he's a team captain. I mean, I just all I can think is that he made somebody mad and they just chased him out of town. All right, Griffco, while you were responding, uh, I've been meaning to get this up on the soundboard in general, but I, I definitely need it uh, right at this moment. Bob Quinn, this is a Griffco sound uh, bite that is going to be played uh, right now, probably consistently. Through this episode, and if you continue to make uh, moves like this, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> That's the new Griffco. What the hell are you doing? Hold on, let's hear it again. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Bob Quinn. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Matt Patricia. What the hell are you doing? Detroit Lions. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. That Griffco? really is. <laughs> Griffka, did you just self-promote your own soundbite? Dude, that is awesome. You have to admit, that is, that is a pretty cool soundbite. If I was on Jim Rohn right now, I would be chased. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yes, that's that's self-gloss, calling your own soundbite as good as it is. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're calling it great. So that's a, that's a Griffka bell. 
and then we'll play your sound again because it is so good. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> and it fits today. Like, I'm about to go on a rant, Grifka, because if you don't know, I've told you on the show, Quandre Diggs is a dog. He's one of the dogs on this team. He's a leader. He's a captain. He's a good football player. I don't care what um, some of the, the analytics and the stats say. Like, you... And we had the big argument last year about uh, Golden Tate. A third-round pick versus a fifth is a big difference. As I told some people on Twitter, when they traded with Philly, they were struggling. Hold on. Let me get Joe Namath in here. Struggling. They were struggling. And then uh, he trades thinking that's going to be a top third-round pick for Golden Tate. That's great value. It is his contract expiring. You know, it ends up not being top of the third, but contract expiring old football player towards the end of his career great value good trade Quandre Diggs is 26 he's under contract for two or three years he's a captain he's a locker room guy he's a guy that is no nonsense half the time I see him hanging out with Matt Pat on the sideline asking you know wait what are we drawing up where do you want me coach all this stuff so this makes no sense on any level. You can't justify it based on the salary cap. You can't justify it with draft capital. You can't say, oh, is it, this was a bad guy. We had to get rid of him. Like, it makes no sense on no level. I mean, are you freaking kidding me, uh, Detroit Lions? What the hell are you doing? Like, how are you going to replace this guy? Like, the, I said the only way you do it is if you were sending him out for money. You bring in a big name, whether it be on the offense or the defensive side of the ball. And even then, people are still going to be asking. What the hell are you doing? Unless that guy comes in and plays incredible. So this this better be a move to another move to maybe even another move. Because if this is just straight up, hey, we got rid of Q for a fifth. And then I wait till next year and see what they get in the fifth. And even if I like that draft pick, like – Good luck getting any type of real quality production. Because like I said, it's a dart throw with your eyes closed at that point. I I don't get it. I mean, we were at our tailgate in Green Bay, and they asked us top five Lions to keep. And, and Quandre was on my short list of people that I wanted on my team based on his mentality, his play, his position, you know, what he brings on and off the field. Like, I, I don't know, Grifka. What the hell are you doing? Like, it's a... Not only a head scratcher, it's just like uh, I, I hope in a couple of days that I understand uh, the answer to this question. What the hell are you doing? Because nobody does right now. Nobody is on board with this. Not even the people that, like you said, are killing him for you know his ratings this year. Or, oh, he wasn't playing as good. Like even those people aren't banging the drum saying this is some great genius move by Bob Quinn and the higher ups. Like I I don't know. So. Uh, Hold on, I'll, I'll pitch it back to you. But again, it when it comes to Melvin, like if it's money to get Melvin, if it's money to extend Melvin, if it's money to make that two-headed monster, I'm a little bit more on board. If it's if it's a little side money to get a rusher or, or cover corner that can really help our team more long term, I can see the team building. But we got to wait and see that. And right now, there's nothing. So yeah. Yeah, like I said, it just like a number of things just like ran through my head. Just kind of like you said. What, like this? What the hell are you doing? I, I, I don't know if it was that bad, but um, it was almost there. I was just more like a, 
more like a Kanye West, huh? Something like that, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I, the first thing I thought was like, gosh, he must have made somebody mad, you know? But like you said, how he was always kind of on the sideline, pumping up the team, talking with Matt Pat, because we saw that even at training camp when they were doing stuff like that, he'd always be, you know, next with the coaches. So, um, and then I thought, well, maybe they just want to get Will Harris more run. You know, trying. You know, they like him. They obviously drafted him in the third round. They they like him for a reason. They just want to get the guy more reps. And and they're kind of similar players. They really are. I think that um, I think Diggs, you know, may fit a little better in a in a slot coverage more so than Harris. And but you know, Harris doesn't play a whole lot now. Maybe they just thought Diggs was blocking him, and they like him a little more because that's his guy that they drafted. And I don't know. I, I'm reading a lot of things that people just think that they're throwing in the towel because they put carry on on IR. You know, a lot of people like Marvin Jones, you're next, you know, see you later. You know, so I don't know if they're running the white flag up the, the pole right now, but I, I don't know. And then people are like, no, no, something else big is coming. They're using this draft pick for capital for something else, kind of like you mentioned. But I, I don't know what they're going to bring in. I mean, because they need, unless it's some stud defensive pass rusher to get to the quarterback but you know that's something we can discuss later but i i i don't know this is kind of it, this it really befuddles me this trade yeah and real quick before we uh move on we will recap the uh minnesota game here in a moment but um you brought up will harris this is a guy not only that i sort of i backed up you know once i kind of read up on this guy if you, if you go really do your do your homework on him i mean he he may be a rookie, but he comes across in interviews and just in general as kind of a seasoned guy. He, he's had a little bit of struggles, you know, early in the preseason as well as when he first got on the field. He has played more recently. I like what I see from the guy. He's got that kind of build and mobility that he could make a good pairing with Tracy Walker back there. But like I, like I said in the tweet too, I mean, not only does he have to, uh, I don't know. Step your game up. Like right now, he, he like – he's probably not totally ready for the spot as good as he may be down the road. So that's why it made so much sense to have the three safety sets to have, you know, Q and him kind of split, you know, you still got Tavon there who every time he's out there, he plays pretty good football. So it's not like the cupboards empty at safety, but I'm just such a proponent of depth in the NFL. I feel like when you, when you cut yourself really thin, I don't know, like at the running back position and then one or two injuries happen, you got nothing, you know? And I feel like Bob Quinn's trading guy away saying, Oh, I got my boy, Will Harris here. He's going to develop into a great player. Okay. Is he going to do that? Uh, I don't know by Sunday because he's going to basically be not only starting, but being the guy back there. So I sure hope so. And then also, what if what if Harris, what if Will the Thrill goes down? What if what if Tracy Walker comes up with some type of injury? Now, now how are your safeties looking? Yeah, not so good. You know, when when I thought that was their new thing was safeties that can also play as corners and can can guard up on people. Uh, you know, it's just I think it's leaving you thin. It's putting a lot of stock in a guy again that, uh, you know, as as still working his craft, trying to get his feet under him in the NFL. But you know, I, I guess it's overall team building. Like if I'm Bob Quinn to justify it, I'm sitting there going, you know, uh, I, like you said, I think maybe he has this really high opinion of what Will Harris can be. He's going to plug him in. He's going to have him and Tracy, a really young tandem that can learn to play together. Maybe those guys follow the scheme better than Quandre did. Maybe he did some freelancing. As you said, maybe Q 
as he's uh, known to do, is kind of a hard-headed guy. Maybe he did pop off, and they don't stand for that either. And uh, maybe this is just better overall team. And Bob Quinn continues to have this long-term vision, which I support him in. But at some point, not only do you have to win football games, but this whole team vision has to come come to fruition. And I think I told uh, the Big Hughes today, I said, you know, I think they're another draft away from winning this division. And I'll never go with what you said, that people are, oh, they're, they're waving the white flag, they're this, they're that. I think it's always to not only get better, but we don't know what happens in the locker room or what their other reasons for doing these moves are. But... You know, Bob Quinn, his time is going to run thin. I like Matt Pat. I was listening to his presser again a couple of days ago, and I'm like, I love this guy as a football coach and as a leader. He just seems like he's smart beyond his years. The little things he talks about are way over our head as fans, and uh, he can scheme them up as good as the other guy. But you, you don't really have five more years to build this team. You got about uh, probably two, a third if you're lucky, to uh, – not only win a division, but probably win a playoff game or else you're, you're gone and they're starting over from scratch. So, Oh, Grifka, I've emptied my buckets. I, I could yell and carry on a, a lot more. Um, but uh, I think we need to take a break, get our sponsors and get to this uh, Viking game, which was not good either. Are, are you ready to do this? Unfortunately, we need to talk about the all Vikings game. So yeah, let's yep. do this. All right, everybody, take a quick break for our sponsors. Please support them. It really helps the show. We'll be right back. Everybody, a crazy part to the beginning of the show. Uh, two crazy moves happened to the Lions. We're recording here on a Tuesday evening. And uh, can't believe it. It's uh, very curious the next day, week, whatever it's going to be until that trade deadline, see what happens, as well as uh, maybe what Bob Quinn's ultimate plan is, but us as Lions fans cannot be happy and we don't understand what's going on. Grifko, we had a game on Sunday. It was against the Minnesota Vikings. It's a game that surprisingly you said you thought they'd win. Of course, I said they'd win because you know what I do here on the show. Drink it in. Uh... I, I got to be the uh, voice of the Kool-Aid drinkers, man, and give them that, uh, that Honolulu blue favor. So we had two W's coming in. I mean, you've been known to say Kirk Cousins is uh, what? What's that again? He's he's still not that great. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> well, care. He's not that he, great. He was really good on Sunday. So what we're going to do, we're going to hit on some of the high points. I'm sure we'll get on a few tangents here. But Grifka, um, 7.34 left in the first quarter. We had a 16-yard touchdown throw to Marvin Jones. Uh, Stafford with a bullet out to the right side. Didn't look like much. Marvy uh, quickly turned it upfield. Uh, got his got his feet going. Uh, it looks funny when he runs, I think, but uh, got this one in the end zone for uh, a touchdown to get us off to the bat. 7-0 Lions. Uh, any any thoughts there? Uh, getting off to a decent start. Yeah, that was uh, it was actually a really good drive that they put together. Um, I think Stafford moved the ball around a lot. Um, using a lot of different uh, receivers on that drive. I mean, um, but yeah, uh, Marvin had a nice move down there at, um, to get free and then uh, scamper into the end zone. The one thing I just always kind of worried about, um, not kind of worried about, like when he first, when he went to hold the ball out to like kind of pass the goal line, it's just, you know, I don't, you know, drop it or something like that. It's just like, come on, just hold on to it until you pass the goal line. But other than that, it was fine. I was, uh, I really liked that. Uh, I was watching the game with um, a few buddies and uh, we all like, uh, jumped out of our seat and like, yeah, that's a good start. That's a good start. Cause all of us pretty much hate the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was really I, nice uh, 
I started us off with a positive note, not only because it was the first scoring play, but because that's what I do here on the show. But uh, I'll throw you a Grifka softball here. So um, the first actual drive of the game, the Lions put a nice drive together, came over the 50-yard line, you know, looked like they were cooking with some gas. Um, came, came to a point where a certain blitzer came absolutely unblocked off the edge, uh, you know, carry on and pick him up. Uh, I believe he was the one in the backfield. Uh, your boy Taylor Decker, you know, was blocking somebody else. This guy comes free. Looks like he's going to absolutely destroy Matt Stafford. Uh, ball on the ground. Um, the call it incomplete. Next thing you know, Matt Prater is about to boom a 50-plus yarder, which we know is absolute money. What happens? A false start. Lions moving backwards. I mean, this had to be a Grifka moment early in the game before we got the touchdown where you were just thinking, here we go. Yeah, it was. A, I know we had discussed it on the uh, on the Packers show about how special teams are just annoying. But uh, how do you get a false start when you're the one kicking the field goal? I mean, and the worst part was they had the it was like a guy in the middle and generally those guys don't break through. It's the guys on the edges. They called it on some guy that was on the, in the middle on the interior of the line. It wasn't even the edge guy, but right. uh, that was a, yeah, that was definitely a uh, shake my yeah. head moment. So yeah, that was a head shake. Like you said, you made a good point too. Cause I'm sitting there going, why, why is that guy moving? Like, all you got to really do is get off the ball and make sure you don't leave a big gap where somebody can either jump through or come up the middle. You don't have to do much. So to be all jittery and jump off sides is just like inexcusable to me. And I feel like it took points off the board. So in my opinion, it should be 10 zip before we get to a five fourteen left in the first 25 yard touchdown to Adam Thielen. Uh, I just got here on my notes, a freaking incredible toe tap. I mean, it not only was it a, a great kind of, crossing route where he just got away from slay but the fact that he caught this and dropped the toes and then slid almost into the uh the former brick wall which they finally put uh detroit lions decals on years ago grifka was i the only one that kept going why we still got a brown brick wall in ford field after a decade can we not get a logo or a lion's uh fat head on that it, it just annoyed me for years and years but uh feeling as this was an incredible catch and tied up the football game yeah, that was one where, like, like I said, I was watching the game with a few friends, and we're all like, "Did he get the feet in? Get, yeah, did, I don't know. Did we?" And we're all like sitting there, and then all of a sudden they show the replay, and it's just like, "Yeah, he did." Yeah, it was very disappointing. I mean, it was a great catch. I mean, for as much disrespect I've given Adam Thielen in past years, I mean, the guy's really coming to his own. He's probably the best wide receiver on that team, no matter what Stefan Diggs thinks. And um, when he left the game, it was kind of like that glimmer of hope. It's just like, "Oh, good. You know, all we gotta do is worry about Stefan Diggs and." That obviously didn't work either. I'm assuming we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> yep, that's on the list. So uh, real quick, I got to get this in because if I don't, uh, the Big Hughes will have a fit. Uh, the Big Hughes is the honorary stat man of the show. He he loves stats. He loves numbers. He started tweet or uh, texting me going, Okria, do you know where Matt Stafford ranks now in yards? And I said, who cares? Go win. And he was like, no, it matters. Stats matter. You got to know. And I was just like, I don't care. Go win football games. But with 326 left in the first quarter, Matt Stafford threw a really nice uh, overcrossing route to Danny Amendola, ran for about 30-some yards to give him 40,000 yards for his career. Grifka, are you on side Hughes, which cares about these uh, worthless numbers? Or are you on my side that you just want to win football games and don't give a crap about this? I, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, it is a it is a lot, and 
I, I, once again, I always love reading other people's comments on like websites and stuff. And people are like, like, like you said, go out and win games, go win a playoff game. And people are like, well, Dan Marino doesn't have a Super Bowl. Dan Marino made a lot of playoff games though, and they actually won a lot of playoff games. And he made a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he never had a running game, and you can blame that on either the Dolphins, Don Shula, whoever you want to blame it on. But still, that was one of those things. Like people are like, trying to compare to Dan Marino, and then I'm just like thinking to myself, okay, pump the brakes there. I mean, those two are two different guys. It's it's nice <laughs> to have a quarterback throw up all those stats, and you know, you know, you see him up in the record books. But you're right. Look at his record against, you know, 500 teams. How many playoff games have you won? And I can't blame that all on him. There's been a lot of years where the Lions didn't put didn't put any talent around him, and they were awfully weak. But still, I mean, that is still kind of incredible right there. I mean, it really is. But I, I'm kind of in your boat on this one. I would take, I, I don't want to say a game manager. I'm not saying I want a Brad Johnson at quarterback. But, you know, um, I, I would take... Gosh, I can't even think of. I don't want to say Andy Dalton or Dak Prescott. I don't like either one of those guys either. But I don't know. I, I just I, I'm in your boat right here. Go go win some games now. You got some numbers. Go go win some important games now. So overall, you uh, I don't know, kind of agree. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, can you do me one favor, Griffka, and a favor for the people? Can can, can you give Matt Stafford a, a classic Griffka congratulations before we move on? Congratulations. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's impressive, 40,000 yards, but I'm not trying to trade him for those, like, a lower-tier quarterback. I'm just saying, like, okay, great, there's a pat on the back for your, your stats, your yards, your your worthless things. Now, now go win games, win a division, get me a playoff dub, and uh, I'll feel better about you. But I'm not doing any uh, parades over 40,000 yards passing. I mean, the guy's been in the league for a decade, uh he like you said had a lot of empty years there where they didn't mean that didn't mean anything all those yards. So Grifka, thirteen seconds left in the first quarter. We get a three yard toss from Stafford to Marvin Jones, um, making it fourteen seven after the first quarter. So one thing I want to do is tell a narrative about this game. Like I walked away from this game feeling like we just got absolutely trounced. I mean, but as I work my way through this game, like you'll notice. I mean, not only was it pretty tight throughout, like our offense played really well, defense could not come up with stops. I mean, that's the storyline of the game. I hate to blow the lead here, but 14-7 after one, we come into the second quarter, Griff Club with 12-39 left, a one-yard touchdown to something named BC Johnson. I just wrote who in big letters here. Uh, any clue who this jabron is? Because uh, the fact that he caught a pass is embarrassing on the Lions. The fact the Lions can't guard the one-yard line down by the goal line, whether it be a tight end or some of these elementary plays I put on uh, Twitter on Sunday when I was live tweeting for Lions Wire, like – we get beat by the same plays that they teach you in like Pop Warner or like your first couple of days of high school. Like, hey, watch the tight end leak out the backside. Hey, make sure you don't let the uh, receiver cross your face and, and come out the uh, the other side at goal line. And it happens to the Lions every single time. Yeah, when uh, this guy, was it PJ Johnson, started to uh, rack up some you know, yards? BC. Oh, BC. BC. <laughs> B-I-S-I Johnson. I mean, who the hell is this guy? I, yeah, I've never heard of this guy before. And that's kind of like me and my friends are like, who? And <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to get into an argument with you. But um, 
yeah, if we were all kind of like, you know, we had no idea who that guy was either. Griffin, you might as well give these friends a free pub on the show and say what's up if you're going to mention them every answer. So we give them a shout well, out. No, because they were kind of feeling the same way I do because we're all like, uh, this always happens to the Lions. Somebody, some unknown comes off. And like I said, we all thought, you know, when Adam Thielen went, I was like, cool, they can shift coverage over to uh, over to uh, Stefan Diggs, but that didn't happen. So BC, BC, VJ, VD, BJ, whatever the heck his name is. Um, BJ and the Bear, Pop Warner, PB&J, Johnson, whatever. You know, they just started, that guy's throwing the ball. They're, they're, he's getting the ball and Who's ever calling the game? Chris Spielman and whoever the other guy's just like, this guy, first catch ever. And they're like, all of a sudden they had to dig up this guy's backstory about, you know, you know, probably like when he's in fourth grade, his parents got a flat tire and they still like carried him to football practice and, you know, something like that. So anyways. Okay, Griffka, you just went on like a five minute diatribe about BC Johnson again, but I, I said, shout out your friends on Twitter or on the show here because you've talked about them every answer you've given. So you're going to shout them out or, or are they under no, witness I'm, protection or something? They're, they're on the lamb right now. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I another thing I missed here. Twelve forty-four. Hmm. That's five seconds before this one-yard touching touchdown to BC. Um, we had a a pass interference in the, in the end zone, which actually equated to a Lions interception. That would have been a touchback. Uh, you know, again, you have a lot of people always over justifying. Uh, oh, it's definitely pass interference, or oh, what? Wh- why is Matt Pat reviewing? Well. You know, it got reviewed because of a pass interference. I, I put online uh, live when I was tweeting the game that, you know, the Lions had killed themselves not blocking the guy uh, that we talked about earlier on the blitz. You know, they, uh, they you know, here, yeah, they didn't get a call reverse, but they also, like, the you, you knew the NFL is not going to, you know, what they do? They didn't stay with it because they called an interception on the field. I basically said, you know what they're going to do? They're going to come back and say, uh, you know, that they found some undisputable that it needs to be overturned. So I think they overturned it from an INT to a uh, now a pass interference, which again only happens in the Lions games. But hey, sure enough, after that, five seconds later, the uh, instead of a Lions pick, uh, it's a Viking touchdown. Does that surprise you? No, especially they. It was what. Uh... He ran like a crossing route, and I don't know why the Lions were running man coverage right there and uh, that close to the goal line. I'm not a huge fan of man coverage there because generally that's what will happen. Um, a tight end will go through on a crossing route. You know, PB&J Johnson ran through on a crossing route, and, like, it's just there's a lot. There's no space down there for the defensive back to get through the wash. So it's just – I don't know. I, I wasn't happy with Mother Goose's defensive call there and the same defensive call they had later in the game when they did it again. So I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go on a 10 minute ramp, but again, this was another example of the NFL, like over managing that you can't, you can't touch anybody anymore. Like it looked like a standard football play. It wasn't really a crosser. The guy went to the back end of the goal line. The guy was on him. He went the other way. So yeah, there's some hands on him at that point. And then the interception was because he went right. He did the old, uh, what they say, there's no uh, foul for face guarding. He's basically face guarding. He went up and threw his hands. And I think the ball either hit uh, the Lions guy's helmet, went in the air and, and was picked off. So like, 
all these people online, they're trying to justify it like it was some absolute blatant past interference. I mean, it's right in that gray area where, yeah, you can call everything if you want, but how about we end up letting people play a little bit more on both sides? Like you wouldn't hear me overly complaining if a similar play is called on the lines. Like there's a certain point we need to get back to where it's just football, you know, and instead it's, Oh no, any type of grab, any type of anything, we're just going to throw yellow hankies all day. It's just freaking annoying. So that, that tied the football game up at 14, uh, 329 left. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you've heard of him, Dalvin cook. He's pretty damn good. Uh, ran in an eight-yard touchdown to make it uh, 21-14 Vikings. And then uh, the Lions come back down. This is where I know Grifka was uh, down in the dumps after his 21-14. He was thinking, you know, all heck was breaking loose. The Lions have a great drive, come down, have a bunch of crazy things happen. And sure enough, with two seconds left on the clock, Matt Stafford throws an absolute laser beam uh, for a touchdown to make it 21-21 going into the half. This is where you hear Oakridge say, I don't care what it looked like. All I know is it's 21-21. It's a pretty much an even ball game going into the half. Nothing to be frowning about. This is a game that they should have went in the half, got it together, and came out smoking. Uh, what was your thoughts at the half, Grifka? Um, I wasn't down. I wasn't down in the dumps after um, um, you know, Minnesota went up 21-14. I was more disappointed. I thought the defense would play better than that. I mean, they just they just didn't look good. But then they. Uh, but then the Lions, you know, they I thought they were moving the ball pretty well in the first half. You know, so when Stafford drove down and, uh, you know, tied the game right there, you know, right before the half. Yeah, I was pretty I was pretty happy. I was like, OK, man, you know, they're going to make their adjustments, you know, and they're going to come out in the second half. And uh, and, you know, they're, they're going to end up winning this game, kind of like how we were talking. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't down. I was still I was still pretty happy. I was still pretty positive that that they were going to pull out this game. It was a home game. I thought, you know, they need it. <laughs> they realized that. You know, and they'll come out, they'll make the adjustments, they'll be able to, you know, stop, you know, BJ, PB&J, VD, Johnson, and, uh, you know, at that point, Delvin Cook really hadn't went off yet. I mean, he was kind of getting his, but they were, they were, they were containing him a little bit, but, you know, you know, adjustments were made at halftime, so... Grifka, real quick, you you can say we did both predict a Lions dub, but I, I pretty much clearly remember that you scoffed at me saying the Lions could score 28 against this team, and then you had the score. I think it was like 15-12 or 15-9. You had some low scores. So to say uh, yeah. this is kind of saw you, how you saw it playing out, I don't think you saw a 21-21. Uh, I think I also said it's going to be a Marv um, Hawk, maybe Amendola-type game. I mean, I basically got two out of those three uh, nailed, but – I, like I said, I, I felt good about the offense. It's, it's a rarity. You see a receiver get three TDs in a game, let alone in a half. Uh, Matt Stafford looked good. But like I say, they uh, they had pretty much their way with us when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So um, I got a little side note here coming out in the third quarter that I felt the crowd, you know, a, a quick side tangent, Rod Wood. Hey, Rod Wood, we, we don't need any of your tweets telling the fans what they need to do, when they need to be quiet, when they need to make noise, what they need to do. Um, we, we're a good fan base. We know what we're doing. But I did have a side note here that I felt like it was a little quiet or just kind of like a little off when it came to the crowd. But, but that's because they were so focused on the refs. Like everybody thought it was going to be fun just to be in the ref outfits, which, which is fun gimmick, but like – it didn't really play into this game very much. If anything, we got most of the calls kind of to start it out. So 
you know, I just felt like, yeah, we do need a rowdy crowd at Ford Field, but we don't need Rod Wood tweeting out that what we need to do and what we don't. So go count some beans or whatever you do, Rod Wood. Um, 902 left in the third quarter. We got a five-yard touchdown from a guy. I'm sure you uh, can uh, tell us his whole bio, Grifka. His name is C.J. Ham. Another just absolute star, right? Uh, yeah. Once again, it was another one of those plays where they were running the crossing routes and the lines were going man on man. And I don't know if you actually seen the picture or not, but it was a picture taken from the other end zone. And it actually shows like Rory in the, you know, in the back of the end zone, you know, along the, along the wall, he's actually pointing at the guy who Kirk Cousins ends up throwing it to. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that picture. It's actually pretty funny. I actually sent it to my buddies because they're all like, it's so my obvious. Like, in in the, you just see Rory just like pointing at the guy. It's just like, that's wow. what you're going to throw it to. Exactly. It's a wow moment. And everybody's like, how come Rory, and people are like, how come Rory's not calling the defense? How come Rory's not playing safety? I mean, he did take out Jamal Charles a few years ago, so the guy can hit. So, uh, yeah. This is just the ongoing saga of Griffith's man love for Rory and his uh, history of just loving everything this this mascot does. I mean, it's a a definite. Wow. you took situation. out a play. You you took out a team's best running back, man. Yeah, you're on, you're like the you are like one of my favorite mascot slash players. Okay, that's all there is to it. He took him out and he didn't even really mean to. You know, so that's the best thing. Grifka, when are, when are we gonna get the Grifka tells the uh, Rory uh, conspiracy theory? Is that coming up where you just oh. detail Rory's history and how the Lions have planted a former linebacker? I mean, maybe it's uh, can be Spielman because he was doing the game, but I'm sure you have thoughts on this when it comes to some type of Rory conspiracy. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, let me try to let me dig into that a little bit, and I'll give you a little preview. Maybe I'll, you know, we'll do a teaser here in a couple more weeks if, uh, you know, uh, as, let, let me try to dig in to see what former linebacker they have, and as Rory, kind of like that new show, <laughs> The Masked Singer, you know, where like all these people yeah. go on and sing. Yeah, That's exactly. What we have. We got, we got the ma- we got the masked mascot, and we have to like kind of guess who guess who it is. It might not even be a line. It might not be a linebacker. It could be a hard hitting safety like a Benny Blades or something like that, or you know, it's too thin to be like a Jerry Ball. So um, we'll go from there. Let, let me do something right. and I'll bring it up. All right, work on that, uh, Grifka. We have BC Johnson and CJ Ham scoring touchdowns on us. Really. Like, I, I bet you there's people saying this. Help me. Help me. <laughs> like, it makes no sense to me how those guys get in the end zone against our what should be more of a vaunted defense. But here they were playing the role of Swiss cheese. Uh, 322 left. I guess I shouldn't bring up cheese on the show based on the previous week. Uh, 322 uh, left in the third, a 46-yard field goal by Matt Prater. I mean... Like I say, the guy comes out, he boots it through the uprights. It's end of story. Um, you know, I've got a side note here. This is still a tight ball game, 28-24. Um, we can't cover a goal line play ever in my life as a fan. Like we, it, It's like the coaches almost during practice. Like they'll run goal line at practice, and they're like, all right, like we know every time a, a, a tight end or a fullback or some stupid play beats us, but – uh, hey, everybody, again, don't worry about those plays at all. Just load up on the run. You know, whatever they do, it's just I, 
I, I don't get it because it's not even like there's anybody ever in the screen. It's just like they just totally say, just kill the running back and we'll deal with everything else, which they don't because it's always touchdowns. But 28-24, I still feel pretty good heading into the fourth quarter. You know, I was just writing online and saying, when is this defense going to get a stop? Like all we need, as I normally say, it comes down to the fourth quarter. Give me a stop or two, win this football game. And, you know, we'll get into it here. So with five, uh, you know, we go a good amount of the fourth quarter. I have here that it was till 540 left in the um, fourth quarter where it's still 28-24, which, again, makes me shake my head at how this game ends. 28-24 with 540 left. And, ooh, I don't know, guess who? Kyle Rudolph scores a touchdown where he catches it right over the middle. Uh, just saunters himself into the end zone, terrible coverage, terrible tackling, the tight end, and especially Kyle Rudolph kills us once again. Waltz is in the end zone. I mean, this is the one that just had me going, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe it. This guy hasn't done anything all year. And as I said, here he is scoring a touchdown against the Lions. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the Lions had uh, moved their uh... – their defenders to more to guard STD Johnson or, um, you know, I, I don't know or if they were worried about, you know, you know, the Chris, ham hock or whatever, or <laughs> I don't know, but this is, this is where you kill Jared Davis for five minutes. That's what you do. Go ahead. Nah, people have heard me kick that dead horse and we all know he sucks anyway. So it doesn't matter, but you know, Kyle Rudolph had a, you know, had a good game. I think he had what five catches, 58 yards and a touch. And, um, Irv second round Smith. Um, he had a, he had a good game. I think he had like five catches for 60 yards. So their two tight ends combined for over a hundred yards receiving. So I, I don't know if the Lions were really covering anybody at one point. I just thought Kirk Cousins was out there playing seven on seven and just pretty much throwing the ball, whoever he wanted to. And the guys were wide open. So, um, like I said, Kyle Rudolph, he hadn't done a whole lot this year, but yeah, he stepped up, had a game against the Lions like he usually does. So like I said, four-point game before this. The Lions actually come back with 3.05 left and throw a BB of a touchdown to Marvin Jones. But then sure enough, not only can they knock it off the field, good old Chris Spielman, uh, again, my favorite announcer, not just because he's a Lion, but because he's not like these other clowns they always put on the, uh, you know, announcing for the Lions games. He blatantly says multiple times on the on the uh, broadcast, okay, I know the Lions are loading up on the run, trying to stop, use their timeouts, but you might want to watch for either a play action or a deep throw here. What, what's the next snap, Grifka? It's a play action deep throw to Stefan Diggs, who's basically running free and then just toying around, running across the field for I think it was a 60-some yard play. And then sure enough, after that, Alvin Cook again is just sauntering through our defense to score another touchdown, making it 42 points all of a sudden. The, the, the Vikings have scored 42 on this defense, who I thought would not only turn Kirk Cousins over, which they didn't. I thought they'd do decent against the run game because Dalvin Cook's basically their, their go-to guy. They didn't. He had 142 and two touches. But they let them score 42 points, even though our offense was cooking and got 30. We, we get beat by 12. And I was checked out of this game by, you know, uh, by the time Dalvin Cook sauntered in because I had to do some other things for, uh, you know, some other work I'm doing. And and it felt like we got our, our asses handed to us. And we really didn't until late in the fourth quarter. But it did not feel that way. I mean, am I right? 
Yeah, they were just, you know, gosh, it just, I don't even know what to say. I mean, Minnesota punted twice. I get that. <laughs> it's just, I don't, did they, it seemed like they were just, you know, yeah, when they got down 21-14, yeah, they were playing from behind. It just, it seemed like to the point, like you said, at one point they got to stop. And they were down, was they four. And so it's like, okay, man, that's it. That's it right here. You know, okay, this is where, this is where the worm turns. And no, it was, they, you know, they ended up, what, I think the Lions ended up punting. And then Minnesota was like, okay, we're just going to go score again. You know, so they had their opportunity right there. And I think it wasn't, it was like, oh, it was late in the fourth. No, I think there was relatively, like, maybe still like around like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter when that happened. Like you said, they got to stop and. Minnesota was punting for the second time that game, and then that's when they needed to stop, and they got it. It was Minnesota. It was a quick three and out, and the defense really bowed their back there. It's like, okay, offense, that's where you got it. And the Lions, you know, quickly, you know, went out, and you know, they were on the on the field for a few plays, and they punted right back, and Minnesota went down and scored. Then, so that's that. When they needed to step up, the you know, when the defense needed to step up, the one time they did it. But then the offense kind of come through, and for all the other times, the offense was moving the ball pretty well the rest of the game. So it was, it just seemed like they couldn't put these things together. And yeah, it just, I don't know. It's, it's confusing. All right. So, Grifka, I heard your answer. I didn't tune you out like I do probably 80% of the time, but I, I did hear something, and I don't think that it would be right if I didn't bring it up because the people would just know I'm not doing my part if I didn't bring it up. Did did you say something about the worm turns? Like, because that's again another quote or some type of something I've never heard it in my life. Can can you explain it to the people? You've never heard the the cliche the worm has turned. Gosh. No. You no. either you need to like pick up a book or talk to people. That's all there is to it. So I mean, Grifka, that's, that's like, just an old the, cliche. The I reason mean, I'm gosh. asking is because like it's not just like I have never heard like you say it. I've never heard anyone in my life, from my grandfather to my buddies to really? uh, ask, a girl ask, okay, to anybody, ask, ask say that ever. Ask your ask, ask your grandparents. I'm sure they've probably heard of it. You know, and like like <laughs> never take a like never accept a wooden nickel. Have you ever heard that one? You know, that's another oldie but a goodie that a lot of older people say. I mean, gosh, man. Like I said, pick up a book. Gosh. Uh, really, or should I like talk to? people in their 90s because like no no nobody in their 20s 30s 40s say this kind of stuff Griff. i don't know if you know I i'm trying to i can't trying to enlighten it. you is what it. i'm trying to do hey, I can't i'm trying to help I you out my i can't help it i respect my elders and actually talk to people you know i talk to older people you know i enjoy talking to older people and getting their wisdom you know not all wisdom comes from google okay so uh you know or wikipedia right. or whatever you know so excuse right. me all right, killing our demo again, but I had to get that out for the people. So to close up this show, Grifka, Kirk Cousins, who, I don't know, you said is what again? He's still not that great. <laughs> well, I may beg to differ based on these numbers. 337 yards, four touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 90.5. That's out of 100 people. And a uh, 141.4, which is that whole uh, – you know, quarterback rating, which nobody has a clue, but 158 is as perfect as you can get, basically. Dalvin Cook went for 142 and two tutties, as I said earlier. Leading uh, rusher, leading Diggs. rusher for the week. Yep, Dalvin absolutely. Cook, leading rusher for the week. Out of all the running backs in the NFL, leading rusher. Uh, I mean, are you surprised? Stefan Diggs, 142 through the air. 
Leading uh, Matt Stafford. Leading receiver for the week. I love how it brings you joy, Grifka. That's what I'll never understand. It You're like happy bring, about it. Very, it doesn't bring me joy. It disappoints like me is more than anything. Yeah, I mean, You're like that, more happy about when we get our when the I'm reading these off than when we beat up on the Chargers. You know what I mean? So or win that well, game. Well, we were there in person. You were just like, oh Wait, well. Let me bring this up. We got lucky. Okay, I, I, this is something I don't get. I mean, like you said, you like Matt Pat as a coach. He, he's more knowledgeable than any of us. What? Yeah, you know, there's things I don't get. I, I one thing I don't get, and I read this Lots today, and it really surprised me. Minnesota's 97 yard touchdown drive 97 yards and uh, you know because after the score i looked at my friends i go did they just go 97 yards and they're like yep that was like the way matt pat and mother goose played they're like you know their defensive ends and stuff they uh they rotate them but that whole drive trey flowers was on the sideline the whole time it was his drive to take off his defensive drive to take off so okwaro was in for him so during that whole 97-yard drive, Trey Flowers didn't, didn't touch field at all. Is there a point where you like kind of think, you know, like the defense is struggling? Let's get the guy that we signed a whole bunch of dollars to out there. I mean, don't you, do you question that just a little bit? I mean, if that's the way you're going to play your guys, it's like okay, it's your turn to go out and play. Uh, there's a point where it's just like Trey Flowers is better than Romeo Aquara. They're marching, man. I don't care if you're trying to save him for the second half or not. You got to get him back out there. You, you just can't like, well, no, you go take a break for this. That's 97 yards. When they hit the 50, you might want to think, hey, we need to get somebody else out there. Because I mean, th- that wasn't like a couple big chunk plays. I mean, Minnesota methodically marched down the field. That's, that, oh, man, that, that, that annoyed. When I thought, I'm like, damn, is what I thought to myself. It's just like, you can't put him back out there. You left Oquara in there. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, we're trying to close up the show, Grifka, but I mean, you're you're trying to challenge me on like my thoughts on Matt Pat or what he's doing, and like to me, again, it's a play in the what second quarter you said as they're having a drive. Like, I mean, obviously he's running different packages, he's running different people out there. Okay, but you don't seven yard touchdown drive. That's not a play or two. That wasn't that wasn't a couple, you know, a forty yard pass and a thirty yard pass. No, Minnesota just marched down the field methodically, and like you're gonna let your big signing sit on the sideline. I mean, that's that that that's a head scratcher to me. That really is. Right, but again, you're you're trying to pin things on somebody like oh if you put Trey Flowers in he just will kill the drive like there's 11 other guys out on the field that are are on the team for a reason and are running their roles so Trey Flowers is still in my opinion coming back from his shoulder he's he's playing the system you know he's not uh, racking up sacks or being a terror like we somewhat hoped but I mean again he's he's working his way back I feel like he's pretty solid in his role when he's out there but I don't know that he's hit his stride yet. And to me, again, it's a it's a long drive in the second quarter that I I remember it. I noticed it, but I don't I didn't circle it in red pen thinking that was uh, that killed us or that's an indictment on Matt Patricia. It's kind of like because you're, you're acting like, oh, if you if you put uh, flowers in like he had to shut the drive down or it would have changed things when you Your know, best 11 they, they, are on the field then. Your best 11 are on the field then. Sorry, they're going 97 yards. They reached the 50. They marched 47 yards in a few minutes. Like I said, that, that those were not chunk. That wasn't a chunk play drive where he busted off some 60-yard pass. No, they methodically marched down the field. 
That's where you got to – well, you know, it's Romeo Clara's time to be on the field. Forget that, man. Get your best 11 out there on the field. Sorry. Okay, what, what if Matt Pat wanted Rush instead of uh, what Flowers is more of a contain guy? Maybe he wanted to come off the edge with more pressure. He just put Flowers in anyway, best 11 or whatever you just said. Like, I mean, some, I'm, some guys, I, if some guy's being ineffective, you got to, and if a quarter, that's supposed to be your Rush guy, and he's like not getting there, sorry, you switch it up. Sorry. You, yeah, that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, that's. That's 97 okay. yards, and you left your best defender on the <sighs> sideline to give him a break. Sorry. Well, whatever. Okay. Well, you can think that from the chair. I'm just saying you go listen to Matt Pat talk about defense. You go listen to him talk about uh, all the things they talk about, analyze the type to of things Matt they want from the players. Defense right now, considering his defense is probably – I think it's, what, ranked 30th in the league right now? I mean, so I don't want to listen to him and his awesome defensive things. He's giving up yards like, you know, parents giving away candy on Halloween right now. Okay. I mean, go check the, I mean, I don't want to, my, my defense is awesome. No, your defense sucks balls right now. Okay. So to sit there and listen to him and talk about how great his, his defense of mine, this defense is utterly horrible and they suck a crap ton of money into it. And they just let a team drive 97 yards and you left your best defender on the sideline because it wasn't his drive to be in there for Romeo, for Romeo or Quara. Sorry. I, I have to question that. Yes. And I will do that from the comfort of my chair. Okay. First of all, he wasn't waxing poetically about his defense. He was talking about the things that he, you can only coach and talk and, and teach so much to where they still got to go out and do it. And whether it's flowers or Quara or anybody else on that defense, you know, he still got to get, and to me, the defense, you can say 30th or 31st, whatever you want to do when it comes to the stats. But like, I, I haven't really heard too much beef about, uh, you know, the D overall, like their numbers don't look good, but I haven't walked out of many games saying, wow, the defense cost us that one. They couldn't get off the field against KC. They had uh, some troubles with Aaron Rodgers in the second half. And other than that, they've been good enough to win every ball game, you know, with the offensive side of the ball's help. So this was the game you circle and you can pin them down and say, oh, you guys couldn't stop anybody. How many times did I write that online or put it on a tweet? Lots. But I'm not here just not like quitting on this D who was good last year and, and needs to be better. And it could be injury scheme, whatever it is. But I mean, like you say, you can, you can die on that horse if you want to. I'm just, I'm going again saying like, I believe in what the coach is preaching. I believe in his, uh, want to, and, and they just don't, they haven't got it done on the field, especially late in the fourth quarter, or as you pinned out the second quarter drive. Okay. The Vikings went 98. It happens. Like I saw it happen, you know, in quite a few ball games where teams will put together good drives, but it's not what you want, but it's not uh, the end of the world either. I mean, the Lions, didn't they go on a couple long drives? Are you firing uh, Minnesota's D or it's okay with them? I'm just I'm wondering okay with because a, I, I, I felt a, like Matt Stafford why, went right down the field. So it's why, 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 why Minnesota's D is terrible. Why would I care about Minnesota's D if the Lions are marching down the field on them? I care more about the Lions defense when a team's marching down the field on them. You know, because I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Like you're holding the Lions to the fire. Like oh, they just a Swiss cheese D. Why it do I care the Vikings, about another team's defense? What do I care about another team's defense? They're not the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I, I don't care about like that. That makes zero sense to me. It's like oh gosh, I'm gonna feel sorry for Minnesota's defensive coordinator or like Green Bay's. Or no, I'm not oh gonna do God. that. The Lions are marching up and down the field on them. Oh, I feel Nobody so said bad for them. Okay, no, keep I don't going. give a crap. 
Just keep talking. Nobody said feel sorry, Griff Guy. I said if you're going to compare apples to apples, you're over here complaining and going on and on about, oh, they went 97. Why weren't their best players out there? I bet if you go watch the long drives the Lions had, I bet you uh, Kendricks or Barr weren't in the game. And, 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 yeah, you don't have to focus on them. But I'm saying it happens on both sides, and you only nitpick little things about – Oh, Jared Davis got beat on coverage on these plays. He sucks. Or, hey, you know, this guy wasn't out there. Well, what about the other people that were out there? How about we we focus more on them? And let's that's probably what made way, the when, difference, when, not some drive in the if second quarter. Drive and if there was a long drive and a third and long, I bet you Everson Griffin was on the field. Okay? I, I, I want to make that bet right there. I, I guess I'd have to go back and check. If it was a third and eight, I can bet you dollars to donuts that Everson Griffin was on the field. He wasn't on the sideline okay. taking the oxygen, okay? Or, sorry, sorry. He's is, the pass is, rusher. That's what is he's Everson Griffin for. coming off a major shoulder injury? Is Everson Griffin new to the team? To the team, or is is he been there okay. and been it's in been, that game it's forever? Been seven, what six, seven weeks? Okay, let's yeah, let's keep on living with the okay. Just as soon as he gets healthy in week thirteen, <sighs> okay. So yeah, let's let's keep. Is he coming off this? Is he coming off that? Whatever. I I was reading that too. Just as soon as we get Mike Daniels back, just as soon as we get Deshaun Hand back, we'll have that stud defense back. Okay, let's keep waiting on that. So, yeah. Because we might, and because uh, you can say that, what you just said, and I've also complained and yelled at you because we're like seven games into Trey Flowers' five-year deal, and you've written the guy off like he's some garbage football player. Like, that's a bunch of crap, I, too, because I this would, guy could have sorry, four years signed, of good it's football. It's one of those things, man. He signed a big oh, contract. No. I guess I was expecting a little more out of him than excuses it's seven for games. Wait for him to get over his shoulder injury. He'll be fine. Okay. Uh, okay, he signed a big contract. I guess I was expecting just a tiny bit more, along with a whole lot of other Lions fans. Okay, so I'm not the only one who feels that way. I was, was I right. expect? I'm sorry. Was I expecting Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor? No, but I guess I was expecting something a little closer to Robert Porsche. Okay, I mean. All right. So okay. if he goes and has four and a half good years, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll ding him because he didn't start out hot and prove to the fans that it was so worth it because he didn't put up the numbers. He didn't have the okay, sacks so. that justified your uh, fandom or whatever the hell you're talking okay, about. Right let's, now. Okay, yeah, let's sit and wait for all those. Let's sit and wait for those huge sack numbers to come out of Trey Flowers. Okay, man. But because next year he'll be coming off something else, or you know it could be he had some other issue. I love how the you guy, can't... you're all on board preseason. Oh, what a great sign. Trey Flowers, I like it. Now we're six he games in, produced, and he hasn't done he well. Hasn't oh, I'm off the boat, Oakley. He didn't produce. He hasn't produced with a contract. Like I said, I'm not the only fan that thinks that way. But just because you want to sit there and say, wait, and just you know, sit there and wait for him. Just sit and wait. Let's sit back and wait. Let's sit back and wait. Okay. We'll just keep sitting back and waiting. You know, because someday, someday it'll come up. Man, it would kill you, kill you, wouldn't it, to wait uh, half season? I mean, that's just too much to ask. Wow, Grifka, how about you wait 10 or 12 games? I mean, can I even ask that, or is that just outlandish? Oh, my gosh, that's three quarters of a year. You mean so, so, like, after 12 games when he still has, what, like, when he has, like, three sacks? Is he coming off a major shoulder injury, though? He's, he's He's still coming back from that. Okay. Like I said, he signed a big contract, and a lot of Lions fans like myself, I guess, expected a tiny bit more than what he's given. So Yeah, the people that look at the box score, and, and that's it, because they the can't see what score, else he's doing okay. on the field. Oh, he doesn't have 10 sacks. He sucks. All right, Griffka, can we close the show down? we got to go. Yeah, let's do that.
Matt Stafford, where I was before we got on this uh, second quarter tangent by Grifka, 364 yards, four TDs. He had an 88.8 QBR, which is really good. 111 rating, uh, which is also uh, pretty good for number nine. Uh, not so good. J.D. McKissick thought he'd uh, lead the lead, lead the Lions in rushing with a whopping 29 yards, which was matched by Grifka's boy uh, Ty Johnson with 29. But Marvy Jones had 93 and four, four houses, four house calls for him. That's crazy. And Danny Boy with a buck five. I think that's his second 100-yard game. So 42 to 30, the Lions go down. This is division loss. It counts as two. It's uh, felt like a blowout, even though the football game was super close in the end. And uh, we're going to come back Friday and talk about the Giants. And, man, uh, I got a lot to say about that game. I know Grifka had some bowl predictions in the preseason. Uh, we'll talk all about that on Friday. So thank you, everybody. Take care. Uh, we're get up out of here. Back to back. Start the play. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.